Hey, one listener. <laughs> um, this episode is all about being the builder and being on the other side of that. Hey, I have an app idea or hey, I have a website idea conversation. Uh, it's something I think Kent and I have run into a bunch over the years. Um, and I, yeah, it's just, it, I think this is interesting. It's just kind of um, a look at our thought process and um, just considerations that go into deciding to take on a project or not. Um, but yeah, um, hope you get something out of this. Maybe that could be another episode. Right, right, um, okay, so my sister-in-law, she is a finance person, really smart, but she took this machine learning course like recently. Okay. And um, she sees the possible applications of machine learning in business and everything else, and you know how machine learning is everywhere now, right? But. She was like, hey, it'd be cool if, you know, we were able to use machine learning and build something like we should go and use it to disrupt something. And, and I was like, OK, well, what were, you, what were you thinking? And then she was saying like, oh, we should just, you know, um, I'm doing a bunch of hiring and I find that's a lot of work. We should just use machine learning for that. And I'm like, OK, so like, what, what do you mean by that? She's like, you know, we, we build out like a HR software where the machine learning component would just um help filter candidates for us and it, we can it can look at the resume and tell us what's good and what's bad and i'm like okay cool and at the time i heard it and i was like okay that sounds like a plausible application something pretty good i'm like i'm actually surprised if nobody actually did this already and i'm pretty well, sure someone someone has so hang on so just so i'm clear yeah. so it's like you you have a way of training a kind of machine learning model and then you're getting all these applications and then the model will like based on who's already doing well at your company and then the it, model will say okay these 10 out of 50 look like good ones to look at yeah and it i, I don't know if you're based off people in the company it could just be based off like your personal preference of you have a set of resumes that you feed through oh, that you're like right, right, these right. are okay. actually so, these so are solid these are not good so you're training it on other resumes and you say, okay, this is an amazing resume. This is a mediocre resume. And then it just does the classification for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, got it. And I, I think in general, that's like a, it's a legit problem because like I'm hiring now and it's, it's a lot of work like screening resumes. And so if there's something there to help me do that, I'm like, oh, that would be actually pretty cool. Um, but then I kind of like I don't like to answer on these things like right away. I like to kind of sleep on it for a couple of days. So I slept on it for a couple of days, and then I'm like, you you realize though that HR software like if you're gonna build the screening thing, that's a very small component of a bigger HR offering. Like if you look at like I'm using Jazz HR right now at at work, and um, Jazz HR allows me to kind of categorize the different people that are coming in centralizes it for people everyone at the company i can put people at different levels like if um you know i've interviewed them or not given the homework assignment have i rejected them i can like put notes annotations all these but it's it's nice but i'm like if you if you think about it that screening stuff is like it's a small bit of that bigger machine that you're building here and 
I was like, you you understand that, right? So if we're gonna build that, you, you can't just build the small piece. You're you're building the whole thing. And um, she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we can we can to- we can totally do that. We should we should just do that. And I'm like, are you do you just so you understand? You understand that this is a, quite a big endeavor, and you, you're gonna need developers on the back end. You're gonna need developers on the front end, and it's gonna take a lot of time. Um, and you're going to have to get like kind of domain experts to kind of help design this thing. And I don't know. Then I think I started breaking things down a little bit for her. And then she, I think it kind of set in her head that, okay, this is actually quite a big endeavor, but I don't know. You must get this all the time though. Yeah. Like people coming to me with ideas and, um, luckily I haven't had as much fam. That's not true. So I have a really funny quick story where my brother-in-law came to me once with a very, one of the simplest, easiest to execute iPhone ideas ever, which was, why don't you just make the camera a magnifying glass? So like Mm -hmm. you could look at, just look at text Mm -hmm. with the camera and it would just magnify it on the front. And I was like, oh, it's a great idea. And then no word of a lie, two weeks later, it was like the number one app on the on the i and it only lasted for maybe four or five days because this was yeah. back in maybe twenty, oh I don't know twenty ten maybe twenty eleven where you know like the low hanging fruit hadn't been picked yet of the apps and so I made that's the only one that I really have to eat crow on because it yeah it was just a really great idea and had I have been you like my 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 stack was web. If I mm-hmm. had have been a tinkerer on mobile, I easily could have probably put that together in a couple of days. Um, and uh, anyway, so I've had little ideas like that. Um, and then I've had really what sound like little ideas, but kind of like you walk through with your sister-in-law end up being quite complicated. And I mean, I'll ask you kind of what your, what your stance is on this. I think... The, I think the reason why people come to me with a lot of this stuff is because I'm an optimist. And we've talked about this in another episode that I'm always trying to get people to start something. So if you come to me, I'm going to tell you it's doable and you should do it 100%. I, I will rarely tell someone to not do it. <laughs> um, but I do try to explain what they're getting themselves like into. And yeah. yeah. Um, and let me think if people have. There's been a few pe- who who actually have carried through, um, and I'm trying to think if there's been one that's been like quite successful. Oh, of course I no, I have a great example. Okay, so a girl I went to high school with, um, and I mean we were friends in high school, but not best friends by any means. And she was like in the really popular clique, and and we weren't. And um, and I don't know how. I guess she knew I was in tech. And just last year, she reached out to me and just said, hey, I've got this idea. Um, I was talking, I, like, I saw Christine at the grocery store. I, I know that, like, you're in tech. Like, can I just run this idea by you? And she did. And it was this idea to collect memories for your children. Mm-hmm. So she just had, you know, a new baby boy. And she wanted a way to basically organize thank you cards. Like, organize birthday gifts and thank you cards. So, like, she gets a lot of cards. She wanted a way mm-hmm. to kind of categorize mm-hmm. them. And then she could go back and look at all the different toys and cards that he'd gotten for. So can I kind of walk you through what I did in this case? Because I think it's actually helpful. Um, 
And um, I'm curious, like I'll kind of, I'll say what I do and then I'm curious kind of how you would handle something like this. Because I think I would have done the same thing with your your sister-in-law, but mm-hmm. there's one angle I think you could take for your sister-in-laws that could be interesting. But anyway, okay, okay. so um, so uh, Becky's idea, okay, so she pitches it to me. I think I was on the train and my first instinct is always say like, okay, this probably exists. So, you know, not to burst your bubble, but everyone has ideas and it's been around for so long. Just check to see if this exists. Um, sure enough, there there are some that exist, but they're not that great. Like there's room mm-hmm. for a, a leader in this, you know, like they all kind of suck. You know, like those iPhone yep. apps and just, they're not, they're not great. Yeah. Um, make a better but, fart app. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then... Then my next thing is like, okay, so why, why is this better than Evernote? So, like Evernote is let's say the gold standard for organizing unstructured documents and pictures and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Or there's, I'm sure there's dozens of other good ones, but let's just take Evernote as being one of the biggest ones. So Google Drive, yeah. Google Drive, yeah, sure. Yeah. Dropbox even. Yeah. So why the, so kind of walking through that whole exercise. And, and then she said the really key thing though, and I think this to me is the, when you cannot burst someone's bubble, mm-hmm. she's like, you know what? I don't really care. I just want to do this. I want to yeah. build something. Oh. Yeah. 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 Like I, I just, it, yes, I could probably do this in, in Dropbox, but I just, mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to build this thing. Mm-hmm. How much is it going to cost? Like, how do I, um, and or like how do i even get started like where do what can you build this for me like is this something you could do for me and so and i'm curious like to your sister-in-law do you think that was it just one of these things like hey nick you should do this and then like give me money when this thing sells or was she really like no i i hate my job i want a change i want to build something and she's trying to gauge is is this something that nick would help me with for real Mm -hmm. or is this just like Hey Nick, like, is this something you could do, and then like throw me a few bucks when you sell it to, you know, some HR company? Yeah, yeah, and I kind of feel like she, she'd be into it, like she'd be vested. But I do think when people approach me with this stuff, they they approach me because like I build stuff. Yeah. So it would be me that's carrying the weight, the load. Yeah. yeah. So I I'd be yeah. carrying most of this, and she'd come and give me like ideas and like, oh, we should add this and we should add this feature, but I'd be the one having to build everything or getting the people to build this stuff. And, you know, it's that, I think that that's why maybe I'm maybe more of a realist with her about like, if this is the cost of doing this and if you're really into it after I I tell you that number and you're still really into it, then let's actually talk. Now, what like what if you were a programmer, not the head of product at Segal Mini? You have a much bigger job. You, you sure you can program, but your a lot of your creative juices get filled just by you. You get paid a salary. Okay. So, like, if if I if I wasn't into my job. Well, not even a, that. No, no, no. But like, but I think you almost have to be kind of into your job given the level that you're at. Whereas if you're just a developer on a team of 50 developers, then I feel like there's more latitude to go home and hack on something yeah, um, because sure. you, you probably love development and um, 
you know, there's a reason why maybe you haven't broken out of, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you think that changes things? Maybe. Um, I think it all ultimately comes down to time. And we, we, we talked about this before, like how much actually actual free time you have, right? Like it's either you're, you're spending your time with your family, you're spending time with work or, you know, spending time doing your own thing or maybe with friends. Like you only have so much, so, so many buckets and so many, so much time. So if I had the time and I had the interest, maybe, um, but at this point in my life, I don't know if I, I don't know, maybe if the price, if, if the, honestly, to me, it comes down to like my, my time and like how much is that worth? Like an I'm opportunity, like, so, and I'm curious to you, like, what if she, um, so I've, I've fallen into this trap and I, I don't know if any of the wind junkie guys are still listening to this, but, um, so I started this company with four guys and I was the tech guy. Mm-hmm. And I love them. They're like brothers to me now. We built a company. We sold it. Um, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fights. But I always tell them I would never do that again in that structure because just totally candidly, I had a... You now, I mean, for a long time, I was carrying the load because mm-hmm. they were business guys. I was the tech guy. And we were building a web app. So... Once we had the web app, they were able to go sell and they were able to manage finances and, and be a, like, you know, but for a mm-hmm. long ass time, it was really just me. Mm-hmm. And I think if I had been smarter, I would have just compensated myself equity wise to, um, to, to reflect that. Like, I think mm-hmm. that if I had been more confident in myself at the time, I just would have negotiated a better, a better deal. And I think mm-hmm. they would have happily given it to me because they knew that I was for like eight months, I was carrying yeah, most of sure. the load. Yeah. So, and I wouldn't have done it with three business people. I think that mm. we could have easily done it with two people. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it was the three of them who had this idea and they were looking for me, I'm not going to try to, you know, kick two people out as we're just starting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that going back to where I feel like your sister-in-law's idea has some legs is I do think that there are ideas and I really am envious of people who can do this and there's still a bitch of an uh, like it's still you're building a company you're not just building like a little app or something but i've talked to entrepreneurs and the one i'm thinking about is this guy dan martell very famous canadian entrepreneur um and he sold a few companies and lives in, in nova scotia now and he's um mm-hmm. really interesting cat but all mm-hmm. he really would do and he had a very specific kind of formula is he would just build companies to be acquired. So in this case, he would say, okay, machine learning is on the rise. Every company is going to want to get into machine learning. Mm -hmm. This this person comes to me with an HR idea. Okay, I'm going to do a quick search to see how many HR companies out there are doing this. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's two of them doing it. There's 50 HR companies out there with software. I'm going to build a general purpose API to do this. And as I'm building it, I'm going to start making building relationships with five of these 50 um, HR companies. And I'm going to mm-hmm. sell it to one of those five. Yeah. And I'm going to sell it for five, six million bucks. Um, and I'm going to put 800,000 in my pocket and I'm going to do it again. Sure. Um, sure. So, and again, that sounds really easy and really nice and it's way yeah. harder and, and that's not that's not how it's going to go down. But like, I think that I'd be much more skeptical of her if she said like, we should build HR software, which it sounds like she was saying. 
Whereas I would spin it and say, is there a way that we could abstract a, an API here where it doesn't matter what HR system you're using, you just feed this thing some mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. resume object and then this it categorizes it into some format that then, you know, technically anybody sure. could, but, and but, it becomes more of like yeah. an enterprise software. You're selling it to the comp software companies, not to consumers. Yeah. Um, um, but then even then you, you know, regardless of the software you're in, you have to integrate this with the different platforms. Oh, hundred percent. There, there's, there's obviously it's a huge, still, 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 still a bunch of work involved, but well, I guess, I think, it, it, but, but okay. I guess, I, I guess to me, it just depends on, well, a, like my level of interest, but my level of interest also um, changes depending on how, what level of commitment they put in. So yes. she's coming to me and she's already, she's like, I already talked to like five HR companies. Yeah, of course. This is the yeah. vision I can see for this. Yeah. This is how I see it can be, can fit in. Can you help me build this? Right. That's a very different conversation. Oh, for sure. And I think I was going to say like, um, I think of like the whole key man or key woman idea where if she came to you and said, Hey, a friend of mine is a VP at Salesforce mm -hmm. and they're using uh, greenhouse software mm -hmm. and, um, they know the 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 account like they they talk to the vp of greenhouse software like on a daily basis or on a weekly basis and i think we could put this in front of greenhouse in six months like i think i could get a meeting with the vp of software development at greenhouse in six months mm -hmm. um but we'd need to build an mvp before that like that's a different story because now it's yeah. like you have an unfair advantage kind of going back to the peter Thiel zero to one monopoly philosophy. Like if you look at a lot of these companies, they've just had some advantage, whether it's luck, whether it's knowing a, an insider, whether it's having some unfair advantage that puts them in a, in a position where they can talk to the right person, be in the right room, get a shot that most people just wouldn't get. Most mm -hmm. people wouldn't get. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's why I think if you like, so I, for example, kick myself where the idea that I will probably leave a company for would be my idea around, I have a lot of ideas around construction and software because mm -hmm. my wife's family is ingrained in construction. So every year I keep thinking, and I have these two ideas that keep getting more and more real in my mind, right? So like one is involving drones and the other one is involving um, just like more traditional kind of software. But I could really see a hole in this construction market. And um, that's one where when I'm ready to do that, I would go in so hard, so aggressive. I'd, I would call, I'd call you, I'd call all my bet. Like, because I have an unfair advantage where I could get meetings with the presidents or see levels of all of these construction companies across across North America because of my family's connections. So like yeah. I would at least get a shot. I'd get in the door. And But I but then so so why why don't you do it now? Well, I I've I've been okay. And I've been re, 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 and, and regardless of Hubba, like if if you know, you obviously have this connection. No, 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 but so that's why I'm not doing it. So I think what I've learned over the years is I have a um like there's a there's a function there's an opportunity cost function you have to run and you have to be running it almost every day to really make sure that you're doing the thing that you think is going to maximize your happiness 
Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest, I mean, people who say money doesn't lead to happiness will lie about other things too. Like money is absolutely uh, aligned with, with happiness. How much money is debatable, but like you need to be making decisions financially for your family that will lead to more happiness, especially if you have mm-hmm. a family. That's just like, yeah. Well, money I'm, buys you freedom and freedom exactly. buys you happiness, right? And, and buys yeah. you time. I see money just buying you time. Sure. Um, and so right now I do believe that the best opportunity function for me is at Hubba. And mm-hmm. I think that I look at the the team, I look at the founders, I look at our investors, I look at the market, I look at the potential upside and I'm like, yep, I think that this is the right place right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm having fun and I'm enjoying it and I like I'm learning. I like my, so all the other boxes get checked too. But just from that pure financial, like, is this the right opportunity? I believe it is right now. Um, the construction one will always be there in my mind because I have ne- a never-ending stream of these construction ideas. Every year, it morphs into something else because I sit at these dinner tables and I soak in all these problems. I'm just listening constantly when I'm talking to these people. And it honestly seems like there is a never-ending stream of problems that technology could solve. So whether I start that company today or in five years, I really don't think it's material. I think that yeah. um, there is a... Um, You're, well, the, the trade-off is time, yeah, I think. Yeah, right? exactly. So and, it, it, could be, it could be in five years you wait. The problem, like all, out of all the things you're hearing maybe 10% of those are actually legit things. Like there might be some that you're like, initially sounds like it's solid, like I solved it with tech, but then as you really investigate it, you're like, mm, maybe actually not, or maybe it's yeah, done this or, or way. Man, or like, this is a re- this is a 10 year, like, yeah. I'm, like, or like this is, um, you know, and, and I mean, really the one, the one that I'm thinking of involving drones, the reason why I'm, I've been thinking about it more and more is just that I keep getting reminded of that Ray Kurzweil quote that, you know, you always need to be designing software five years ahead of hardware. Mm-hmm. So, like, don't build a construction drone software company based on today's drones. You have to build it mm-hmm. based on what the drones will be in five years. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to take you three to five years to get your shit together. And at that time, the, the technology will catch up. Mm-hmm. So you need to have the vision to say, what are these drones going to be capable of in five years? And start designing software now that could mm-hmm. take advantage of that of that hardware yeah. and that's how you create these companies like boston dynamics and things that are doing things with hardware that you've never kind of seen before um and the other problem with this idea is that it's capital intensive so um yeah. like the, again the, i've done like back of the napkin math and like even just to prototype we're talking like in the hundreds of thousands of dollars so yeah. I'm and, not, and, and, and this is the other thing too. When you're talking about my sister-in-law, she's like able to get like a seat at the table with like the VP of whatever greenhouse you're you're mentioning. And if you were gonna build even an MVP of that, and I was involved in that, I would probably have to like quit my job to do that. Oh yeah, yeah. That would be one of those like you'd have to take a sabbatical and be like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna go hard on this for five or six months, and um, yeah. and you know, but I, I think in that case, though, the MVP could look different. Like it could look a little. Um, so, you know, I, I did some sort of consulting for this company 
Um, and they were doing a similar thing with sales compensation. So they had a, uh, they had a machine learning algorithm that would look at who the top sales performers were and what they sold. So let's say you're a mm-hmm. big company and you sell, let's say you have 5,000 items you could sell. Mm-hmm. So the system would say, okay, Nick is really good at selling these 20 items. Kent is really good at selling these 20 items and nobody is really good at selling these items. So we're going to on demand every day, create these gaming, like a game theory structure where I'm going to incentivize Nick to sell the stuff that he's really good at, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to add these crazy bonuses to sell the stuff that he's not good at just to try to get him like, so it's like this whole idea of using a computer to assign bonuses based on performance of salespeople. Interesting idea. And because of my experience at Top Hat, we actually had that problem. Like they were trying to solve that problem at Top Hat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I looked at it as, okay, this is an interesting opportunity where I can come in as an advisor for this company. I have an unfair advantage. I know all the salespeople at Top Hat. I can get them meetings. I can get them feedback. I can I can give them my own feedback based on being there for so long. Like I have a lot to gain. I sorry, I have a lot to give these entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, what what... What's interesting is that they, the the way they were MVPing it was very manual, and they were then presenting these kind of really half baked ideas to to salespeople trying to get feedback, and do a real kind of a lean MVP like create this crappy idea, put it in front of people, get feedback, iterate, a little bit better feedback, iterate. But again, the problem is that you can only do that so many times before the company you're talking to realizes that you really don't have anything Mm -hmm. and you're just building it based on the feedback of this company, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's sort of the dirty secret of that MVP strategy where you you still have to really take a pretty good shot on your own. Like you have to have an opinionated viewpoint of what this thing should do and you got to get it to a point where it's in pretty good shape before you start showing it to people. So um, I, I feel like in this and in life, I think you have one chance to make a good first impression. Exactly. Yeah. There's too much other, there's too much noise. Right. So yeah. to your point with your sister-in-law, I mean, my instinct is like, okay, well you could have this wizard of Oz style interface where, you know, you're actually using something like mechanical Turk in the background, or you're using an army of, of, um, of Odesk consultants at the beginning Mm-hmm. where people could in real time upload resumes and see a progress bar move and people are actually putting things into somewhat sensible boxes, but you have no technology here. It's all just a Wizard of Oz-like demo. Yeah. Yeah. And and then if they're like, whoa, that's, oh my God, how much, please? Like, where's my PO? Can I buy this thing? Can we buy you? Then you go hard and you hire the best machine learning guy you can find and you actually build the machine learning algorithm. Sure. Or if they're like, meh, that, that's not that interesting. Um, you know, actually, you know, Jazz is kind of already working on this. They have a similar kind of thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, we don't really get that many resumes, to be honest with you. Like maybe five companies will find this useful. Like maybe yeah. Google, but they're probably going to build their own thing. And then I you're think, like, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you're like, yeah. okay. So like there's a way that you could Wizard of Oz it and then um, like if you – like that's what I would do. So if I had a meeting – in five months with greenhouse, I probably wouldn't build a machine learning software. I'd probably build a complicated wizard of Oz demo. Yeah. Um, and it depends. It depends what the expectations were. And, uh, it'd be up to my sister-in-law who set up the meeting and what was expected. Right. Because sometimes in that meeting, you might just have to have like 
a deck conveying what your vision is. And that's what it comes down to. Which I do find crazy. Like I've always found, and going back to Dan Martell, I found the like the balls on entrepreneurs. And this is where I kind of, I wonder if I really am an entrepreneur or I'm a certain kind where the balls to go into, I think of my CEO, like I think of Ben Zifkin. I mean, the man is an is just a wizard at raising money. He is so good at selling visions of 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 this wholesale marketplace world, but you're selling it. You're really selling an idea, and mm-hmm. what you're what you're selling is like I'm the right person. And you're not lying. Like he's not saying we have all this already. He's like, no, no, no. Do you agree with me that there's a market for this? Okay, yes. Do you agree with me that out of everybody you've talked to, I'm your best bet at taking a piece of this market? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then give me $50 million and I'll go do it. Yeah. And it's like, wow. Like, so again, you're right. Another whole way you could approach that is you just have that meeting with nothing. Just you spend six months getting ready for this meeting and you're like, look, can we agree that this is a, is a market? Yes. Can we agree that we're going to build you a piece of software? And if it does X, Y, Z, you'll potentially buy it for X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So give us 500 K in a down payment for your, and then you're going to get a piece of everything we sell to other companies too. Like you're going to help us build this, but we're going to cut you guys in. So every time we sell it to like jazz, you're going to get 20% of that or something like that. Yeah. Like that's maybe the, the real entrepreneur the, the, who would the think advantage, of, the advantage yeah. like a Dan, a Dan Martell has is like, he has the credibility when he walks into that room. So exactly. he has yeah. like people see yeah. him like, okay, you're going to come through. He can, you're he gonna, can make shit happen. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you're going to follow through. And That's a good point. It's a lot like um, it's a lot like in a, like when you're hiring a, a designer or something. Mm-hmm. It's it's your portfolio. It's like what have you actually yeah. done, not what can you say you can do. It's like what have you actually done, right? What's with anything, man? Like if if you went to if you went to Ben and you pitched him on an idea, and it's you didn't have an actual prototype, but you pitched him on the concept of an idea, he might he'd be more willing to kind of greenlight you than it was like a new hire who first came in. And they pitched it. They would be like, "Why don't you prototype that for me? Let me actually see it." Yeah, because he knows my work ethic and. Well, yeah, you 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 have a body of work that you can come in, and they understand that you're going to deliver, right? There's a certain trust there, I guess. Well, and 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 then going back to to my friend Becky, so because where where normally the conversation ends, where it didn't end with with Becky, is um, the. She, she she was like, okay, no, I want to do this. Like, I, I want to build this thing. I've always wanted to build an app and mm-hmm. I, I want to do it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to tell you how much it's going to cost. And if you're okay with that, I think we keep talking. But as soon as I tell you what it's going to cost, like, you might not want to do it anymore. Like, are you sure you want to do this kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, like, what's it going to cost? So this was in, I had just heard the idea I'm doing back of the napkin math based on other freelancers and other companies I've worked with. And I was like, all in all, it's probably going to cost you about Mm -hmm. $15,000. And it's going to take about 10 months to build this. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not going to be very good, frankly. Like it's, it's going to do like that doesn't include server side syncing. That doesn't include accounts that includes like local storage, um, you know, uh, mediocre design and but it'll do it'll be enough to put it in front of a hundred friends and get real feedback from them yeah and 
And I was like, you could maybe do it for even less than that. But like, realistically, that's kind of an idea. And she was like, okay, we kind of like we'd been reading online and like we were sort of thinking somewhere in the 10 to $20,000 range. And like, we're, we're actually like, we, yeah, I'm in. Okay, now mm-hmm. what Now what do I do? Kent, do I give you this money? Like, can you do this? And um, I was like, no, no, but I'm going to introduce you to like a, a company I've worked with who who can who can build this whole thing for you like they're um and i was pretty close i think it ended up being uh 8000 american mm-hmm. and um which was pretty close and but she built it you know and oh, nice. um and um my god i'm so sorry becky that hang on i'm going to find the name and i'm going to plug it here while we're um i, th- I want to say it's called memory box um, but so much of it had to do with, um, when, when, when did she end up building it? So she built it. I'm just looking at my email here. Okay. It's called memory vault and it's on iOS and she did it on March 22nd. It got published. So it hit the app store March 22nd. And she first asked me about it October 17th. Mm. So October, wow, so it was much faster. So November, December, January, February, March, so five months. And um, But it's very simple. It's literally a... Um, a li- like a, a list view, sorry, a table view in iOS. And when you click on a table cell, it brings you to a container where you can drop folder, like you can drop files in. Mm. So it is a, it is not a complicated uh, application, but it it accomplished two things, I think. One, she can point to this app that she made. Like she was the PM of this app. She can point to it and say, I, this app did not exist and now it exists. Um, yeah. And you know, I gave her feedback. I know her friends gave her feedback. And I, I think there's something here. It's just like, it's not, it's not in its current state. It's not done. Like she'd need to keep iterating on this to, to make it, um, to make it better. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's amazing. This is one of the first times where someone has called me like this and actually followed through with it. And it was super, uh, I mean, and I was, I literally had maybe two phone calls with her. I was not really involved at all, but it was so amazing just seeing her actually do it because so many people yeah, say yeah, they're yeah. going to do it and then don't do it. So yeah. it's, um, and, but it all relied on the fact that she said that she, like, she wanted to do this, not me. Like, like kind of like you said, it's not like, hey, I'm going to set saddlebag you with this idea so that <laughs> you have to go build it. Which is what the Wind Junkie guys like, and my the CEO of Wind Junkie, Lauren. Um, I mean, he's running a really cool company now. But um, oh man, he'd call me every week, every week with an idea, and, and yeah. they weren't bad ideas. They were they were decently good ideas, and but it was always like, hey Ken, go build this, and I'll sell it, and you know we'll we'll split it fifty fifty or. Ah, uh, whatever. I'll give you seventy. I'll take thirty. But literally, it's like I'm just giving you this idea. You got to do all the work, and then I'll like find someone to buy it. And I mean, to be fair, he is one of the best salesmen I know, and he's so well connected. Maybe he could have sold all these ideas, but yeah. 
at the same time, like that's not that's not as much fun, you know, when you're just like. Well, I don't we know. also we we also talked about this before. Like it's it's important that that person selling is equally important. It's super important, and the one with the oh. idea and the and the vision for the whole thing incredibly important. But at the time, it's kind of like you're taking all the risk because because you have to carry things for a while. It's your job and it's your time. And that's that that's the opportunity cost, I guess, at the at that stage of things. Oh yeah, for for sure. And and going back to your sister in law's idea, where I think that what I'd be worried about too on that one is the you're like it's different if you were like a PhD in machine learning, or mm-hmm. if you worked with machine learning tools every day, or. Uh, whereas I, I I know enough about machine learning to be dangerous, and I know that there are things you know like uh, there are great libraries like TensorFlow and all this stuff out there where we wouldn't have to reinvent the wheel here, soup to nuts. Mm-hmm. But I'm not so comfortable in it that I don't know what I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Where like when Becky was describing her app to me, I could literally picture the components that she'd be using to build this, or I could picture the you know, the the technologies that this company was going to be suggesting that she use. The same way I'm mm-hmm. sure you can do that with games. Um, and that you have a huge advantage because you might get into this and realize that these machine learning things, like what if you needed like five to 10,000 sets of training data? Now mm-hmm. your biggest problem is like, where the hell am I going to even find this training data? Like now, yeah. even if you have a, a machine learning model like how am i going to train this thing and then that becomes you're like fuck i didn't sign up for this like um you know and and also um, (laughs) after i asked her to do some research and see if there was a competitor already doing this because there must have been and zip recruiter they 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 yes i was was actually gonna ask you this because i hear them on so many podcasts i was like i think zip recruiter does this but i wouldn't be surprised if they have a sneaky way of doing this Nick, I am so sorry. Can we edit this part out? I have to go to the bathroom so bad. Can you just give me like okay. two seconds? Yeah. One sec. Okay, let me let me ask you this because uh, I think we've talked about uh, Sego Apartment so many times. So if you haven't if you haven't downloaded Sego Apartment, you should go download it. It's a fantastic game for your children if you have them or your nieces and nephews. Um, so, okay, so let's say I came to you. And I said, hey, Nick, I like, I like, you know, that idea of apartment where you've got a character who goes into an elevator and there's different levels and in every level there's something happening. And let's say I want to do like a, and let's just say for argument's sake, this is a, I guess an iPhone or like a, a mobile app. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to like press buttons on this like elevator and it's going to take me to a different floor and let's say it's like a museum theme so like one floor has like dinosaur like a dinosaur game where i'm like you know digging for dinosaur bones and then the next level is like a planetarium and i'm looking at like you know like the planets or something like the solar system and then um you know just like different exhibits on each level and i'm going to call this you know kent's museum app Okay. Um, That's a solid, solid premise, by the way. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> like, what, what, 
what is it real? And let's, again, like for, you don't have to give us exact numbers, like obviously on Sago numbers, but like that kind of art style, you know, something that's not, okay. Okay. it doesn't look like, doesn't look like shit. You know? Okay. Let me ask you, let me ask you some questions. Um, so in this museum thing, how many floors, how many activities are you talking about? Like how many, you, you're talking um, about like a floor per activity, right? Yeah. Let's say like, I guess, I don't know, five floors, let's say. Five floors, and then in each of the the floors, are you, do you have? Um, it's almost like a mini know. game inside the floor. Okay, so you have like a a new character in each floor or something. Yeah, or like it doesn't have to be a new character. Like maybe it's just one one character, but there's a different thing that they do okay. on the on the floor. Like the space app would be like the planetarium level would be totally different from the dinosaur level. Like there'd be no similarities. Are there a lot of like interactive pieces or a lot of, sorry, uh, like animated pieces that we have to do? I think so. Like imagine like you've got a solar system and you could like, you know, it almost be like one of those solar system apps that there are inside the app where, you know, you would like touch earth and then like, you know, earth would, it would tell you something about earth or you could like, you know, like maybe like, you know, maybe move something and then like the planet, like as time passes, like, you know, Mars and Earth right now are really close to each other, but next year they won't be. So maybe there's like an animation that actually looks at like the actual lunar orbits or the like the like an okay. accurate depiction of the solar system or maybe like um, or you could have like a planetarium one where like you're like sitting down looking up at a night sky and there's different constellations that you're kind of tracing out um, on your like on your app or something like that. So, mm -hmm, yeah, like mm -hmm. like. Sago level interaction. Like if I touch okay. something, it's gonna do something. So let's just say hypothetically it's what you just said. You kind of you go into this room, you have a host character, they do something, they leave, you're looking up in the sky, you see a bunch of constellations, um, you can touch the different stars, um, and you wanted like to tell you what star it was and stuff as well, or just um no, or it's, it's kind of like a like a tracing game. I don't know, there's there's a there's a some interaction of game element there yeah like it's almost like when you're looking up you would see the faint outlines of a constellation mm -hmm. and then as you draw it it would like shine into place or something as like that's like orion and that's like okay sagittarius but like it, it doesn't really matter what they are it's just for the kid it would be more like oh i traced all these lines and then like a different thing appears you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so depending on the amount of polish and stuff you want to do, it depends on a lot of factors. Um, but if you're treating this like a consulting gig, um, you know, you'd be the client or the, or the, you know, the one holding this higher level vision of what this app is about, right? Um, and there would be a pre-production phase. So you'd have to work with um, like a designer, uh, a dev probably, and to just kind of help refine what this idea is. So like, what are, what's you, you threw a whole bunch of different ideas just just there with the planetarium um but we, we they work together just to kind of like um solidify that what that idea actually is right um but we have to do this for each of the floors even though for the museum itself um and let's just say it takes a couple months and sometimes honestly this stuff takes a while longer sometimes it could be a little bit quicker but really you, we need some time to kind of sort out and wireframe out what the actual flow of the app would be, right? Um, so let's just say two months for a dev and designer. Let's keep the math super simple and let's say everybody makes $50 an hour, 
Um, obviously that varies depending on experience and role and all these other things, but keep the mask simple, $50 an hour. So Devin Designer, talking about eight weeks there. You might probably want an artist there too for maybe a, at least a month. So let's just say uh, four weeks for an artist. Um, so that's 24 plus eight. You're looking at about 32,000 for like pre-production. Um, and then at this point, we'll have like everyone will kind of be on board with what the idea actually is. We'll have a wireframe. You'll be happy. Um, and there'll be a kind of clear direction of like what the interactions are, etc. cetera. Um, but let's say we roll into production now. And when you're talking about production, you have like a dev, an artist, an animator, a designer, um, a PM. Uh, so let's just say for one activity, it takes two weeks. Again, not knowing what this app fully is, that could be low. Um, it probably is a little bit low. Um, but again, $50 an hour for all these different roles. We're talking about uh, each week, that's 2000 So two weeks is 4,000. So you're talking about four, eight, 12, 16, 20. So about 20K for a dev artist, animator, designer, and PM. Um, and the designer, you know, they would obviously help sketch up what this thing is, work with the different teams, uh, sorry, work with the different uh, disciplines to kind of have a focused idea of what this is, but also work with kids and make sure like what we're building actually is usable and makes sense for them, right? So we're talking about 20,000 20, for a floor. Um, five floors, about 100K. Uh, and then there's also, I guess, the the main floor, which um, is like, how are these things connecting? Is it like a giant museum? Are you walking upstairs? Are you going up an elevator? How are you jumping to different floors? Is there stuff to do in this kind of middle limbo area? Um, and then so that'd be another 20. So you're at 120. Uh, and then honestly, I think you, let's account for a bit of buffer here for activities that run super long or things that go wrong, things that didn't test well, we have to change. Let's just add another, say 30K there. So you're at 150 right now. Oh, and I forgot about the sound person. So there's a sound artist who has to kind of be on uh, each of these activities um, on the app as a whole. Uh, they probably don't have to be there for the full, say two weeks, but let's just say a week per, per floor. So you're talking about like uh, five floors plus the main thing, so that's six weeks. Uh, so that's about 12,000 right there. So you're at uh, 150 plus the 12, uh, which is 162. Let's, let's just round it and say 165 plus the 32K, was it, from pre-production, which is 197, let's just say 200. Um, and then you have to include like QA time, marketing time, uh, managing the release, getting on the app store, figuring out like the videos and the copy and all that screenshots, all that stuff, right? So adding all that stuff together, you're probably in at almost like a quarter mil, uh, which is kind of crazy. So that's, yeah, that's crazy. And um, so now let's say that I came to you though, because one of the things that I feel like people like us are maybe really bad at too, is actually estimating our time. So mm -hmm. let's say that I came to you and said, so forget about Sago now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I want to just hire you to build this for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care how long it takes. I'm not in a rush for this. I don't care if it takes two years. Um, like, we're just going to, I want you to, like, this is one of these, like, nights and weekends 
kind of a project like man mm-hmm. you're just you're so gung-ho about this museum game that like you're you're into it and you think it's going to be so fun and like you're even like teaching yourself how to do like sound and you're buying like you know you're buying you know pre-made sounds and you're kind of modifying them to kind of do it on the cheap and so mm-hmm. it's not going to have that same polish it's not going to have a professional studio um but it, you know it might be good enough that you you're proud of it and you play with it like do you your time okay so let's say the 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 professional team cost is in the $150,000 range right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what would like a like what would you charge for that like or what what do you think a freelancer would charge to do that this is how or or or, sorry or sorry let me take one step back do you think that they could even do that? Can one person build what I described? You can, but it's very hard for a game because because of the art. Well, it's not even just the art; like it's the art, the animation, the sound. Like you can maybe pull some sound, but and you definitely get this. You you definitely have people like a lot of indie developers. They're going to do their own art. They're going to do their own development. They'll do their own animation, but it just depends on your level of polish and how much you um like what what are you okay with like are you okay with programmer art are you okay with like all stocks sounds and stuff and if you are like yeah you could you can maybe do that um but there's also there's some unicorns out there who who do the art and the dev and they're really good at both but that's very rare and it would probably still take them a long time like there's just a time factor of of actually yeah. of doing that like it would it it's like that video there was that movie indie indie games or indie yeah, gamers or yeah, something yeah and they show that guy who's been working on this game for like five years it was like the fez fez game i think right yeah but he does yeah, yeah. everything though yeah right like and it's it's beautiful it's like this beautiful mm-hmm. stylized mm-hmm. um but it's yeah, it's it's crazy though. Like it's um, yeah. he because he's literally doing everything himself, right? Yeah, but even think so, about that. It took him five years. So let's just say he even paid himself a, like fifty thousand dollars a year. That's that's still like a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Right? If if you if you do the math that way, right? Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Um. So I mean, like, what? Um. So. Yeah, like what? So what do you do, where, because um, yeah, because p- part of me, even when like when Becky was pitching, her idea is like, I, I think maybe where I've changed a bit over time is. My own personal bar is much higher than, it used to be, and I don't know if that's just a like a defense mechanism or if it's just a realistic mechanism of I know what it takes to compete, and I'm not going to get into the ring unless I think I can win, or if I, you know, like I. There's there's mm-hmm. part of me that would say, okay, let me throw this other idea at you. So I, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but Emma watches a lot of these. Uh, hickory dickory doc youtube videos she just loves okay. that song okay okay and there's like you know five thousand different versions of hickory dickory doc a- animated none of them feature dinosaurs none of them i've looked okay 
There's like yeah. one that sucks. And she yeah. loves she loves watching Hickory Dickory Dog with dinosaurs. So I was like, okay, what is it like what would it cost me to go and hire a a team of animators to just, you know, build a three minute Hickory Dickory Dock um video? Mm-hmm. And like would I be willing to just pay that for my own child's happiness? And then if I happen to make money monetizing it on YouTube, what the hell? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um like could I and, and you know what? If anything else it'd be a great blog post to mm-hmm. say I went and got this video done and here's how much it costs and here's how much money I've made in six months and all that jazz. And I just didn't really do anything with it. I, I, I went on Odesk, I put together a brief and I think I got some quotes in like the two, $3,000 range, mm-hmm. but I had no idea how to gauge their portfolios. And I, I just felt like I was literally throwing money away and I, you know, was like, ah, oh, I, I have better things to spend $3,000 on at this stage of my life. Maybe this is just not something I need to. So I, I just, I kind of dropped it. But, but part of, and part of it, I think the reason why I dropped it, it was because I'm looking at these portfolios and I'm like, it's not even going to be that good. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to spend $3,000 and get a really good video that I'm happy with. It's going to just be this mediocre, mm-hmm. you know, just like all the other crap that's on YouTube. There's so much crap. I'm like, what if I want like super simple songs level video? Like what if I wanted like a real video, a real beautiful artistic animated video? Well, think of it this way, man. Like if you look at like an Apple commercial and or a Google commercial, like think how much they spend on that. That They probably spend like quarter million to like a million dollars, maybe more on like a two minute spot. Right. Like the thing about this, so you know, you have a you have a whole team who's coming up with the concept that's going to kind of sell the product. It's obviously a different thing here, but you know, if you really want something bespoke and really really premium, you can you can you can pay that that kind of dollars. I'm not saying you you do that, but like I have a kind of director friend, and you know, he does some of his own stuff, and it's only like a few minutes, and he spends personally like. Fifty fifty thousand dollars of his own money to do some of these things, right? Because you you think about just you have to have if you're doing it proper, you you have like people figuring out locations, you have like a you have to get equipment, you have like a camera person, you have like an art director, you have all these different pieces, you have a an editor. It's like if you're doing it proper, proper, it can get very expensive, right? And I guess the question is, is it even worth competing if you're not going to go? Like right yeah. now, is it yeah. worth creating an iPhone game if it's not going to be a really good iPhone game? It's hard to say. Like I think if you look at like these hyper casual games, so you look at anything from like Voodoo, do you ever you ever Instagram and they have like most engaging game ever and they have like I don't know, there's they, they use different mechanics, very simple stuff. Um and some of them are done quite cheaply, I think. But if you look at it, like these guys probably make decent money. Like if you're if you're getting downloads off Instagram, and I get this a lot, these guys must be making a lot of money because cost of install via Instagram is probably quite high. So mm. if, if that's their main driver, then they must be doing quite well. But they're all ad ad based, right? So they're free free apps, um, ad ad driven revenue, but 
I don't know, these guys, you know, hyper casual games weren't really a thing maybe a couple years ago, I'd say. You know, like and now they're they're like it's it's like the rage now. But so, but do you think that there's still a team of passionate people um like so going back to this like hickory dickory doc thing, when I when mm-hmm. I look at who the top ten YouTube kids video cartoon people are, I mean, they're they're like serious enterprises. Like when you when you look these people up on the internet, like they're not this isn't some guy in his basement making these videos. Like these are businesses. They have hundreds of millions of views, right? Yeah. So the question is like like why and I think the the the, the question I'm trying to get out of my head is why am I so eager to jump in and build like a web app or something like that? But I'm not eager to jump in to a video thing, even though the web app I'm creating is probably not going to be all that good. It's not going to be able to compete with. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe you know, it's just like the insecurity it, of it all. Well, or is it just the familiarity? Like, is there something, yeah. is there something powerful about knowing that if I were to, you know, have the, the, the best superpower of all time, which I would argue is the Zach Morris Saved by the Bell, mm, the ability to just, just stop time. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. you don't age, nothing happens, it's just stop time. Like, there's something kind of cool about, if I just stop time, I could do this all myself. I could build everything here. Like, I could mm-hmm. soup to nuts this thing. Um, and whereas, like, if someone gave me stop time and said, animate Hickory Dickory Doc... I'd be like, I don't even know where to start. Like, it might take me two years just to figure out how to animate. But it won't. It won't. It wouldn't take you two years. You put an Odesk. You got those people who gave you quotes. You'd pick one and you no, put no, it no, up. No, 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 no. I'm saying if I did this myself. Oh, if you did it yourself. All myself. Drawing well, why the art. You, why, why would you want to? No, no. But I'm saying is the reason why I'm so much more eager to just jump into a web project because I fundamentally understand how to build a web project. I know the components. I know the, like, or I'd also be more likely to farm out a web project because yeah. I know when I'm getting fucked and I know when I'm I'm getting yeah. a fair, yeah. um, you know? Yeah, but I, I kind of think, like, you're, it, it's it, it's the unknown. Like, you don't know anything about the video. So, so it just feels daunting. It feels like, whoa, I, I don't know anything about that. I, I'm not a video person. Like, and, you know, you, it's like imposter syndrome, right? Hmm. I don't. Yeah. Is it? I feel like it's even deeper. Like it's not even imposter syndrome though. It's like. It's um. I think it goes back to this opportunity cost thing. It's like, why am I gonna put? Why am I gonna spend money into this bucket where I don't know what I'm gonna get? Where I could put it into another bucket where I have a pretty good idea of what I'm gonna get. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Like. I. I, I guess I don't. I don't really see it that way. But. Because you, you, you put it, you are you talking about what you're going to get in terms of like revenue return? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you know, you're a smart guy. You can kind of do some research. You can figure out like how many views equate to how many dollars. You can kind of ballpark that, you know, like, so you you could do that rough math before you even build this stuff and what the potential of this stuff is. But no, but okay, but I guess that's my question is that I think that it's, it but it's all creative. It's like artistically dependent. That like that, that to me is why not, games. I, like I, I don't I don't know if it is anymore. I, I think I think maybe there is definitely still some stuff out there that is really beautiful and people appreciate it. 
but that stuff is not the stuff that really sells like if you look at these hyper casual games that are out there like i'm playing one it's like essentially kind of like a reverse ripoff of like katamari damasi where you just you're you're this like circle and you're eating things and you get bigger um it's not like a ball that's rolling and getting bigger but you're just eating things and you're just a circle that's getting bigger um and it's 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 actually kind of fun but they it's it's not like super well done there's beautiful beautiful games out there and some of the stuff no one really buys but there's things that you you build that you know are is going to monetize and there's things that you build to with the intention of monetizing right so if you look at like a candy crush or like a i don't know clash of clans or i don't know any of those like like you look at a freemium game it's it's designed for for converting um versus just building like a beautiful bespoke thing that just feels nice and looks beautiful and looks nice and something like that like you're guarantee you're not gonna you're not gonna outsell like a like one of these hyper casual games or or like a like candy crush or something so so you think that if someone looking at these voodoo games right now so mm-hmm. you think if these cost 99 cents they wouldn't sell no i i think you would still sell some but you wouldn't it wouldn't make as much as it's making now um but even if you look at youtube man like youtube is littered with like terrible content oh yeah look at, well, exactly. look, look yeah. at there, there's probably a a uh one of those kid song videos that are just composed via like like an algorithm man so okay i'm looking at i'm looking at this um do, do you have your phone with you yeah okay look at go to the app store look up the game sky rusher on by voodoo Yeah. Okay, so you ha- you have this Millennium Falcon like shape thing, mm-hmm. and you're just avoiding obstacles. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, can you run through? So for those following along here, Sky Rusher on iOS, um, it's free, and it's got two thousand ratings, and it's four point three out of five. It's pretty good. So mm-hmm. can you walk us through just by looking at this video on the first screen here? It looks like this kind of gold one, um, like. Talk me through what this would cost. So what's nice about this is that it's you're building around one. So maybe when they do this, I'm not sure how they do it, but they might just have like a level generator. Right. So because it's like endless, you just keep moving. You just keep going into forever. Right. And they'll randomly maybe spawn some obstacles in front of you. Right. You're going to have. Um, some of the effects that they're doing could be just a few shaders that they're using for this. You obviously have to design this and figure out like an art style and all that stuff to work. But once you build it and you build the mechanic, it kind of, that, that's it. And you're, you, you, it can live on. And that's I, actually I think, so true. Like I'm just looking at these three videos and all of the obstacles are very programmatic. So they're probably just, they're not designing these levels. These are auto generated levels. Hmm. Um, hmm. And that, that's not a bad thing. Like, that's great. And it, it's it's great for, like, replayability. There's just ton, tons of stuff you can do. And, you know, stuff like this is obviously, it's a lot cheaper than Sago stuff because you don't, like, you look at a Sago app, you're going to have to, you have to build all these custom animations. You're building a narrative around. There's no narrative here, right? There's no story you have to develop. There's There's no, like, oh, look, I'm in a museum now setting the setting setting the tone of all that stuff like you're 
you're dropped into this thing and you're like, okay, just move and not and don't get hit. And this is how you move up and down and we're going to generate stuff in front of you. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, okay. And how many, if you had to ballpark, how many companies are out there trying to do this exact same thing, just creating addicting games like this and monetizing them with ads? Are there, are there, are there thousands? Yeah, man, there's, there's a lot of these people. And, uh, actually one guy, not from Voodoo, but from somewhere else, like he came in for an interview, like a developer and he, they, they tried to get into the hyper casual market and, they they didn't make any they they couldn't get enough users. Yeah, like what like what separates Voodoo? What separates this? Is it just like is it just their gameplay slick? Like what? Why why have they managed to break this mold? Like like what is it about their games that make them successful? Or is it all marketing? To me, honestly, I think this is more of a marketing thing than anything else. Um, like they, the fact, like they, they spend a lot too, because the voodoo stuff, I only ever see voodoo stuff via like Instagram. So, and if you, you, like you, you, you know, the, the, the marketing costs, like you're going to put like, um, an app, a free app on Instagram. It's, it's quite expensive. Like they, Obviously, they know the numbers and they know what kind of like LTV they're going to get from a user, but um, it, it's very costly to do this. How many developers do you think they have? Probably for this, like one. No, 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 no. like like the whole company. Oh, I, I'm I'm guessing they have like oh I don't know how many games they they make a year or anything. But They're I mean, like, but, but do you think this is something where it would be like guys like you and me, or would it be like they've got they are o desking these games? hard hard to say I, I i imagine it's they just get they have a couple indie developers doing this i don't know if you, i think it's hard to personally i think it's hard to odesk a game because i think making games are such a collaborative thing like you need proximity to the artists and animators and stuff like that like for this it's like it honestly for this it could be just one developer doing it um and you maybe have like an artist helping helping a little bit but you can look at the art it's not like super complicated it's a nice style though that they have would you um, like would, would you call this developer art no like i i, I like this I, I like the look of this but um it could be developer doing it so it might really be developer art. um but when i think developer art i think like really shitty stickmen um i don't know a lot of prepackaged things though a lot of this stuff might actually be prepackaged too yeah, like like they could be buying these textures and buying these lighting rigs and all that stuff, right? You, you you could straight up be buying most of this game. So if you go into like the Unity, like Unity has like their own kind of app store, right? And some 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 of the there's there's some packages out there which are like kind of prepackaged like mechanics, uh, like something like this, right? Like I, you, I don't know, like, I don't know it, if this exactly, but yeah. But it's almost like when you like there's there these were really popular in the web world where you would buy like a social networking base app that would have like profiles, connections and and then you just had to like add your layering on like yeah. this is a dog social network or this is a a cat social network. Yeah, but, exactly. But exactly, like all exactly. the plumbing was kind of there for you and then yeah. you could kind of yeah, yeah. Those were really and, and, popular for a few and, years. And that was just interesting because when the guy came in, he was interviewing, he was telling us about like 
yeah, like it got to a point where they wanted to get into this market and they were just um, didn't want to spend a bunch of money. They wanted to kind of churn out like a game a week and he would just end up going to the Unity store and buying the stuff and reskinning it. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, crazy. You know, yeah. So, but you know, the reason why I think they failed, these guys kind of succeed is I do think it's a huge part is just that marketing engine behind it. Like the, the fact that you're going to drop a lot of money and spend to acquire users. Hmm. That's so interesting. Okay. So, yeah. cause the other thing that, that always strikes me about games, and I think this is where like when people come to you with ideas versus come to me with ideas is that most people come to me with ideas that are easy to MVP. So, or at least the ideas I come up with are easy to MVP. So like, I think back to our social podcasting idea. So, mm -hmm. you know, is there room in the market for some kind of a long form audio communication app, it's asynchronous? Um, and, you know, after we got off the phone that day, after our podcast, I was like, I was like, oh man, there's like, there's some legs here. I'm not going to lie. I went upstairs and went to Xcode and created a new project and was like, I'm going to build this thing. Um, seriously, like that's what I do, right? I just jump right into the, to the code. I don't even start sketching. I just, just jump right into code. So luckily the next morning I was like, oh, I have so much other shit to do. This is probably not a good idea. Um, how can we test this? So what we started doing was we just started sending audio files back and forth to each other. And it kind of worked for you and I, it really worked for me. And, um, the guy I was telling you about Al, who kind of had the idea as well, who listens to the show and we're still doing it. Like we still drop files back and forth to each other, but some of the other people I tried the files with, it really just did not work. Like mm -hmm. I, I invited five people into a group that I haven't seen in a long time. And I just dropped this like really heavy political diatribe for five minutes about, um, I don't even remember. And I just got like people texting back in the WhatsApp group, like, Hey, this is interesting. Kent, like, like, what, what is this? What, what am I supposed to do? You want me to record myself? Like, I, I disagree. I disagree with everything you said. I, I, I'm not going to record a message. <laughs> like, um, like, yeah, I can't like, I don't really have time to record a message right now. Um, yeah, like, I guess you have some interesting points here. Maybe I, I'm confused. Um, anyway, are we still getting together next week? Like, can we talk about this that, you know, um, yeah. and I'm not giving up on it though, because I, I do think that a couple of the, of the, of the tests that we could have done, we haven't done yet. Um, mm -hmm. but I've been learning a lot about this idea by just dropping audio files in, in WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. and, and even like a, a simpler learning where like you and I talked about having some kind of a, an editing mechanic of like being able to edit the files. And when I drop a file, I just go into WhatsApp and press the record audio button and just record in one take. Whereas mm -hmm. I found out that my friend Al, when, cause some, some of his, he sends me are like 14 minutes long. So he uses Android's um, built-in voice recorder that mm -hmm. lets you edit in the voice recorder. So yeah. he actually will cut and edit and then send me a 14-minute. Oh, wow. And and it's not a lot. It's more just like if you cut out like this. And But again, I was like, wow. Like So that to me even adds more credence to this idea where he's even like he's, art, he's editing this content. Like 
the same way Vine would let you rudimentary, rudimentarily, is that a word? Edit your video. He's editing this audio before he sends it to me, and I would never judge him, even if it was, you know. So it's like that's super interesting, right there. Like, mm-hmm. um, and whereas if it's a game, like if I came to you with this idea for this um, this planetarium game, like maybe you could MVP it with like really shitty art or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But even that, could you really? Because isn't the whole point of a game the the, the marriage of art? and function where you see the art moving like mm. I, I i don't know not 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 fully i i, I think i i kind of see games as like um it's it's an experience but if if you look at like say like pong or something right it's very basic like you have like a ball that's bouncing and you have like two paddles and that that that's pong and you could window dress it and you can add a whole bunch of things around it and you can make it with, um, you know, instead of now a ball, it's actually characters with guns shooting these things and you're trying to shoot each other now. And suddenly Pong's changed into like a like a, a bit of a shooter game or whatever. You can window dress it however you want. But if that core experience is not fun, it's not fun. And I think... You know, if you look at like games, if if you distill it down and make it really simple, and it feels good, it's going to feel good, even with better graphics or with better sound. So, when you guys are building a game, is the first iteration look like just the mechanics with no art? Yeah. Huh. And you can learn a lot just from that. Like at, at, at like EA, we used to you know I used to work on FIFA, and you know FIFA, you obviously have all the characters you have like a stadium pan in all the crowd going crazy you have like beautiful like players that are wearing authentic jerseys and everything but on the dev side we would just play with little circles representing the characters and we're moving everyone has a controller and you're moving the little circles around you're kicking this smaller circle around and that was the game and And was it and was it still fun yeah like i like it's kind of weird at first but then after you play it a while, it just feels just like regular FIFA. So it's like it's like the you're you're really the game is all about the mechanics. It, I, to me, it's all about the mechanics, and I don't know. Other people they they play games for different reasons, and they do it for the beautiful graphics and all that. But I I, I to me, it's about like kind of the interaction and like um, the the mechanic feeling solid. Interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Like. Um, I mean, you know what? It's no different, I guess, than when you watch how a movie gets made and they do those, um, they draw storyboards and then yeah, the next one is like an animated storyboard. And yeah, like I remember watching the Pixar ones. They might be an animated storyboard for a year and a half, um, just getting the story right. And then, and then they, yeah. they window dress it with crazy rendering and all that jazz. Um, but there's no, no for, there's for no, sure. but there's no way that watching the storyboard version of the movie would be like, ah, oh, that's interesting. Like if you think about that, um, I think but, you and I both read that Creativity Inc. book, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like he's pretty convinced that the only reason why Pixar has hit after hit after hit is because of the story. Yeah, he, for he sure. He thinks that the art has no, um, 
I don't know though. I've seen so many kids movies now. Like the art, that uh, it uh, maybe he's yeah, he's right though. No, it doesn't he, really he's right. matter. He, he's yeah. right, hundred percent. And like you know, they're they're gonna greenlight the movie based off the board, not like how like having invested like a year of animation time. They're gonna greenlight it. They they're gonna see the board. They're gonna see the story that's being conveyed. They're gonna be like, yeah, winner. We're gonna we're gonna build this. We're gonna invest like fifty million dollars, and we're gonna make this. So I was watching the, um, have you seen Finding Dory? Yep. So I was watching the special features and they were talking about um, the octopus. Mm-hmm. And the the title of it was How Hank Almost Broke Pixar. So they didn't really realize what they were getting into before they got into it, where mm. they knew it was going to be hard, but they had no idea how hard this octopus was going to be. Mm-hmm. And the reason why in the movie they made him a septopus is because they could not literally render the eighth leg. Like mm. it would have taken too much time if they had have had eight legs. So they had to cut one out and then just talk around that this thing only had seven legs um, or sorry, I had to, like tentacles. Wow. And it literally came down to like computing processor power. Like they couldn't render eight arms. Um, and but it got me thinking, like, obviously, we don't know when these movies really are in production for. We don't know. Like, they don't tell you five years in advance when a movie's going to come out. Um, but going back to kind of coming full circle, that's almost like it's, like it's like a similar thing that could have happened when someone brings you these ideas where you you go all in. You're like, what the hell? Let's do this thing, right? And you... Mm-hmm. your sister-in-law is like, let's do this machine learning thing. And you're like, okay, fine. And then you really get into it and you just realize that you are completely in over your head. Like mm-hmm. you are not going to get this thing done in six months. There's no way. Even if you could freeze time, you're like, it's probably going to take me a year to do this. Even if I had infinite time or like I had no other distractions. Um, question is like, have you ever gotten into that? on a side, like on a, have you ever overcommitted yourself on a side project? How did you, how did you get out of it? And how do you, how do you make sure that you don't do that? Um, yeah. If it's, if it's, if it's a paying gig, if it, yeah, yeah, no, no. So you have, you have, yes. So it, it, it depends. So I've done both. I guess if it's a paying gig, I kind of throw money at the problem. So I'll hire somebody to come and help on the spots that I'm weak at. Um, if it's a personal project, these are sometimes I just let flake, or I've I've let I've let like maybe a friend down because like I feel like I I'm in over my head. And and in over your head technically. Um, maybe, but I think it's one of those things where. It, it's like it not maybe technically it just feels like it's too daunting for just me to do it you know yeah, like, like yeah like like i'll sit down we'll talk about something and honestly if my sister-in-law told me this and it was like 10 years ago i might have been like oh cool yeah yeah okay yeah yeah let, let's, let's try to build this and i might have started and then come to the same conclusion i came to or I might have started built something kind of fun and then we found out ZipRecruiter built has has, has the same thing and, or I would have started and be like, yeah, this is way too much. I, I gotta, I'm gonna, I can't do this. 
and I'd flake. So or, what do you think's changed in, in those 10 years then? I just don't, I guess like I'm older, I don't have the naive enthusiasm, but it's also, I think that's a detriment too. I think it's nice to have that a little bit. Um, mm. But it's also just the experience to kind of know and see um, what else is involved. Like I think when you're, when I was younger, it, it's like, it sounds like a cool idea. I don't really think it through. I don't spend a couple days and sleep on it for a couple days. I just like react to things. And when you just react to it, you're not fully, it's, it's really half-baked. Yeah, and like there's sort of that attitude of like when you don't really know what you're getting into, sometimes that's when it actually works because if you really knew what you were getting into, yeah. you might not even start. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So if mm -hmm. I was younger, I, I might have been like looked at the machine learning HR thing and maybe we would have found an angle and maybe would have made it work. But honestly, we will never know now. Well, I mean, like I, I, I think about that even with Able Cells. Like if I had have known... If I had have known about all the customs and duty and NAFTA and um, customs brokers and that stuff, mm -hmm. that might have been enough for me to talk myself out of doing it. Like, mm. yeah. Whereas, yeah, yeah, like yeah. now that I'm in it, I'm like, oh, what the hell? I'll figure this out, or I'll go read this government website for two mm -hmm. hours to try to save five hundred bucks a month. Like, um have you learned anything like that doing the like is there something doing the book that you would if you had have known in advance you would have been like oh man maybe maybe i'm not going to do this yeah like it's it's a lot of work man and writing is so it's a lot of work and such a like a solitary endeavor uh like when you're working on an app or a game or something at least you have the energy of other people that kind of bring you up and I don't know, like in in writing, it's just you alone in your thoughts and it's not the most, um, I don't know, it's hard. I think it's hard to kind of get to get up and do it and make a habit of it. Um, so I'm in that rut right now where I need to kind of uh, get off my ass and get into it. But there's going to be a time, I think, and I guess like I'm trying to break it down into pieces right now and it's like just finished writing. But there's a whole other step of like, Let's find a publisher. Let's pitch this thing. Let's do that. And let's polish this. And it, there's there's other parts to it, but I'm trying to not even think about that right now. I've already right. mentally committed to doing it, so I'm going to just take it step by step. And you already have like, so you've almost seen a hint of the work that's coming and you're just choosing to almost ignore it, um, which I think yeah. is the smart thing. Like I think, yeah, like if someone had have told me about all this NAFTA stuff, then I still might have done it, but I probably would have ignored it until I had to. Like, I would not have been proactive and been like, I'm going to get all my documentation ready. Yeah. Like, I would have just done what happened where it's like, oh, this is being held at the border for seven days and it's going to cost me $900. Okay, I better figure this shit out then. Yeah. Um, and, but I don't necessarily think that's a, like, a great idea either. Like, um, that's probably just playing into my own lack of organization and planning. Um, hmm. But but it's good in the way that, you know, your naive enthusiasm kind of just threw you into it. And now, now you're in it, you're just figuring it out. And, you know, I think even if you planned all of this, there's still going to be stuff inevitably that you're going to be figuring out on, on along the way, right? 
and which is oh, yeah. which yeah. is just how how the nature of the game versus like you could have talked yourself out of it from the very beginning like how I did with the machine learning stuff and then you're just you'll you'll never know so yeah and and like like did you ever like think about playing around with models like where what if you um i i think i've tried that i'm not trying to think of an example but like the another way you could play this is like you know hey um sister-in-law look i can absolutely do this for you in fact i'm like so okay i'll take becky as an example because i thought about this and what like if i had have been a little bit of a dick maybe i feel like it's kind of a dick thing to do i could have been like okay becky i can do this for you you can't do this by yourself i can do this i'm the tech i know how to do this um and then i would have just gone and hired the company mm-hmm. and skimmed three thousand dollars off the top or something right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and convinced convinced Becky that she really needed a weekly thirty minute call with me in my infinite wisdom, you know. And um, and to be honest with you, even even without being a dick, I think there's a, there's a way that you could justify. Um, yeah, hundred percent, like, man. Hey, let me guide you a little bit on this process, and I'm gonna take a fee of you know two or three thousand dollars, and yeah. I'm gonna, but I'm really only gonna give you like an hour a week or something like that. Um, and frankly, like that's actually not a bad deal. If I had that in a lot of my side projects, like if Phil, yeah. my 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 buddy with the this Commerce Life podcast, was like, "Hey, Kent, I'll just like teach you the ropes of retail, and you're gonna pay me like 500 bucks a month or whatever it is," um, you know, I I I don't know, I might have done it. So, mm-hmm. like, why? And this is where I feel like maybe we're not the quintessential entrepreneur because. I think in that in that position, like if we think of like what would Jay Z do or what would Elon do, I mean, you might play devil's advocate and say they'd be like, I don't have time for this shit. I'm building an empire and like, yeah. you know, go back to work. Fine, totally. fair, fair enough. Yeah, but maybe they'd be like, No, 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 I got you, I got you. Like, hey, sister in law, yeah, 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 that's fine. I'm gonna introduce you to so and so. We're gonna, I'm gonna, t- you're gonna talk to Kent. He's got some web app experience, and then he he's going to lead me to this consultancy that he really trusts and uses. And like, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, yeah. like, but, and like, why, why not? Like, why not go down or like now that it's you just, know that, to, like that I want to build this hickory dickory doc yeah. video and I'm willing yeah. to spend $3,000 on it. Maybe yeah. you're like, I could do it for like 1200 bucks. And then I'll, I'll just get Kent to give me it. Like he's basically going to give me $1,800 for, for doing this. Um, yeah. like, do you, do, do, do you want that? I, I can make that happen for you if you want. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, I, I, I want to do it more for the, for the learning of how many views would I actually get? It's more just like, it's like an investment in a piece of content. Um, yeah. and to make Emma happy, even though she might like get bored of it after a week. Yeah. Um, um, but I don't know, like if you, if you seriously asked and I, and I took it seriously as a job, I, I'd straight up take your money. And, but would you, but you would subcontract it. Yeah. Cause I wouldn't be animating, but I'd find a studio for you and I'd help figure out. And because like, essentially this is stuff that you, this you're basically paying me 
so you don't have the anxiety of not doing it and anxiety of like talking to animators and, and like finding these people and not knowing to speak and not knowing what to ask and i'm just kind of i'm i'm, I'm essentially going to be the producer yeah and like because they're like you said there, there's like a there's maybe it's easier for them to sandbag me whereas they couldn't sandbag you yeah maybe um like they could come to they could come to me and be like oh ken that's gonna cost i have to build this custom this and then you'd be like are you kidding me no 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 no. like yeah. you don't need to go buy anything custom he's asking for this here's a here's a a library of components you can go assemble for 50 bucks like you now get yeah. back to work you know but, but the way i i kind of see it is like you're paying me for my taste and my connections and my time to to coordinate all this which l- legit costs money and time but now would you just connect me directly to your guys and let me produce it so i i yeah i could totally do that but then if you don't want to actually deal with it and you're like nick i don't know man i just want hickory dickory doc like just can you just make oh, it yeah, happen yeah no no then obviously you get paid and, and yeah, i think yeah, the yeah. difference with like becky is like she really did want to produce it right like she she mm-hmm. wanted to go through the motions of building this app, whatever that meant for her, like other yeah. than actually sitting and coding it, right? Yeah. But she wanted to, to look at the screenshot. She wanted to, you know. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, if she had said to me, Kent, I have $20,000 and I'm going to give it to you to get it built and you can keep whatever is left. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that would have been a different, um, yeah, and I would have I gladly taken her money because I'm, I'm providing a real service. And, and a real and a real value yeah and, and but that's the reason the other reason why i like i don't have a problem like taking money too is just because like you like for example i got michelle to edit my my book and she's like oh let's do it for you I'm like no 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 let me let me properly pay you right yeah because i'm a big believer in that too because i want to treat it like a real transaction here like i don't want you if you do like I don't want you to spend all this time and be like, oh, fuck, I should have taken money from Nick or Nick didn't pay, like, you know, he gave me peanuts here. I want to give you a fair amount of money because you're a professional and I want your proper professional um, re- return on this. And so I don't know. So, you know, when, when if you were to pay me money to do this video for you, I would treat it seriously. And it just makes it like a kind of money becomes that contract. that I'm not going to flake on you now. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I think that's a good, uh, now what if I, now, okay, here, now we're just negotiating. Um, so what if I said to you, Nick, I don't have any money. Um, then, but, 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 yeah. but I'll give you 60% of the return that this video makes. So now you have to do a, you have to do a, a calculation, right? Like you have yeah. to figure out. So I'm calculating in my head right now. Yeah. So you have to figure out how many views is this video going to get? And is it worth me doing this to get 60% of a lifetime return of this video? And then part of you is probably like, why am I giving Kent 40% if I'm going to do all this? Why don't I just make this video myself now? Like, so both of these things are now running through your head. So So in in, in my head right now, this is what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, so a million, a million views equates to about $2,000. Let's say. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think so. No, this no, no, no. The last, the Isn't it a dollar per thousand views? Uh, I don't know. Let's see. I think it's I think it's a dollar per thousand views. 
Yeah, but still, a dollar per thousand views, that's still a thousand dollars for a million views. Wait, no. Sorry, did, am I doing that math right? No, we, yeah, you're like right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Six years. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, I, I, so this is even worse then. So, you're talking like a million, $1,000 for a million, uh, sorry, $1,000 for a million views. I, I think, I think it's two. Well, it used to be two, maybe like a while ago. Maybe it's now it's been like uh, commoditized a bit. So, if, if I'm going to make my $3,000 back, I'm like, I need 3,000, 3 million views. And that's if I take a hundred percent. So I'm taking like say say it was a sixty forty cut. Say it was fifty fifty cut. I need six million views on this. So now I'm going to look at my chances of like what's Ken's chances of getting me six million views. And I'm like, mm, I'm not I'm not sure because, you know, the production cost on on this that three thousand was was what I was going to make. But I still had to pay this video company another like few thousand dollars to make this right. How how much money? I, I don't know. I, I, it depends on the video. They, they gotta, they gotta, you gotta figure out what you want. You gotta board it out. You gotta figure out how long, the length. There's so many parameters. But let's just say it was like, say, five thousand dollars to make this. Hypothetically, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So just think about the the, the amount of views I need to get. Uh, sorry, the amount of views you need to get to get a proper return on that. Well, you need to get five million views at least, and then. And then you're looking at to actually make any meaningful profit. You're looking at 10 million views yeah. um, to get you back to your 100% there. Like that's, yeah, man, that's that's crazy. But anyways, you, you know, you you would pitch that. I do the math. I'm like, yeah, I can. I I probably can't do this. <laughs> yeah, and then and then that goes back to the opportunity. So, but, but I think that's the key that. Um, and and going back to another question you asked about like why don't I do the drone, you know, or like why don't I do one of these construction apps? It's like I'm I just haven't I, I don't think it's like a fear or a like a I'm scared or anything. It's it's more like I'm kind of doing a similar calculation to what you just did. Mm-hmm. It's a much more complicated calculation in my mind, but when I kind of and it's more of an intuitive thing, which means it could very well be wrong because it's like system one, but um, it's a, when I do that function, it tells me that it's not, it's not really the return right now that I think I want. Like yeah. my best bet is in Hubba right now because the, for, for all the reasons I mentioned before, you know, and the same way that you could easily go and start your own gaming studio right now, easily. You have all the connections, you have all the developers, you could probably raise the money, but you don't do that because you just know that Sego has a better chance right now to take any idea you have and turn it into reality than maybe you doing that on your own. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, that to me, when you, when you're evaluating any idea is what it comes back to. Like, so I'm kind of in this stage where I'm, evaluating a new idea with my my e-liquid friend and he he knows this market and he's just he's making so much money that i just i don't know i'm like i i trust him because he was right about that's this whole market so um 
that one is a little harder because it's like I I, I just kind of know that he'll probably do like it's kind of like you said if 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 I went to Ben and asked for something I'm mm-hmm. gonna get more street cred. He has mm-hmm. so much street cred in my mind because he's proven that he can just you know make money off of these kind of weird things. So when he comes to me with an idea, it's it's typically a different conversation because it's like it's probably gonna work. Now the question is how much of that am I going to get and how much time? And then it becomes kind of like what we're doing with this YouTube math calculation where, okay, um, the P value of him hitting it is maybe like 60, 70%. It's not a hundred percent. It's still like 60 or 70, but for me to go do this on my own, it would be like 5%, right? Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. um, but then there's time and then there's all this stuff and it's like, that to me is where you have to make those calls around just picking your horses. Like I've got able cells and I've got this podcast and I've got my day job. Mm-hmm. That feels like enough. Um, do I really want to have another thing in there? Like that now is you, you're just on a different level or it's like maybe I'd have to get able cells to pick and pack state and then I could reward myself with a new side project. Or like yep. for you, if I came to you with the most amazing app idea that was a game, you literally have to weigh this against the fact that you've already committed to writing this book. And yeah. you're in the middle of that. So even if you agree that this is a great idea, are you just yep. going to jump off your book and come with me? Probably not, right? No. no. So, the book's happening. Exactly. And it's like... Um, and maybe that's what's changed in my like just hearing me say what I said out loud and then hearing how definitive you were. I think maybe that's what's changed in both of us from what I know from just us talking about this shit ten years ago is I had a lot more fomo back then, and mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah I had a totally. lot more worry that this yeah. was gonna be the next Google, and I was gonna be that idiot who didn't jump on the train. Yeah, And I think I've seen so many smart people lose and dumb people win and smart people win and dumb people lose that I know that at the end of the day, so much of this feels out of my control. Mm-hmm. And as long as I'm working on the things I want to work on and I'm happy and I'm doing what I think is good work, it doesn't really matter if it's this idea or another idea. It's like, you know, I don't know. That's kind of my attitude. Yeah, um, but if you offered me three thousand dollars to do that video for you, I'd do it for you. <laughs> do you accept ether? <laughs> I, I think no, no, totally, man. I, I and the the projects I would pick up now, if I pick up a project, it would just be small opportunities, like say the video thing. It would be small things that I'm like, okay, in two weeks this can be done, versus like wow, I need to commit myself to like four months of this. Yes. Like that, yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's a huge investment, right? Of my time now. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, dude, that, that was an interesting conversation. Yeah, I think that was a good one. Uh, do we, this was two hours? This is a, lot, this is a long. I, I'm going to have to cut some. This is my, my, my turn to edit. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. Um... <laughs> I got a million ways to get it. 
Choose one. Choose one. Hey, bring it back. Bring it back. Now double your money and make it stack. I'm on to the next one.